And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, everybody, it is time to get moving on this thing. Welcome. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I'm the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. Happy to have all of you with us. If you are here with us live, if you're here with us via Memorex, if you're here by podcast, uh, any of those things, we're glad that you're a part of the, the process here. Uh, we are available on a number of different podcast platforms, if that's how you prefer. But we are live on Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitch. And uh, we do have the Discord server set up, so join us over there. The email address, live from the bunker at sci-fi4me.com. Get all of those knocked out of the way. Uh, by the way, a real quick programming note. I have heard a rumor uh, that YouTube has changed their... Uh, terms of service again that we might not be able to uh, post links to the other video platforms uh, we might get a community strike I have not been able to verify that but I am going to encourage you to connect with us on either Rumble or Odyssey or both just in case YouTube decides to you know shenanigans some more because that's what they do alright we are talking today the Super Mario Brothers movie, which everybody is talking about, and we've got an expert on our on our show, Paul DeGarabedian. He is a senior media analyst at Comscore, and uh, this is this is something that you look at all the time, Paul. And and this thing's just burning up the box office right now. Three hundred seventy-seven million worldwide so far now it's a it's a five-day thing it's a it's a holiday weekend so those factored into it right but i mean this thing just smashed through everything everything and i loved your reference to is it live or is it memorex (laughs) i get that reference all day long those of you of the younger generation you may not but we we get it it's audio tape at its finest um yeah this (laughs) this is amazing jason and not since the Sunday when uh, Top Gun Maverick opened was I so inundated with requests for commentary and data for this movie. And I actually went to the theater on Friday, a local multiplex, a huge multiplex to see Dungeons and Dragons actually. But while there, I was able to observe parents with their kids all there to see Super Mario. And while the parents were lined up at the bar drinking, the kids were <laughs> running underneath them as they were preparing to go into the movie theater. So the parents could get through Super Mario uh, with a few drinks in them, and then the kids could enjoy the movie as well. And it was just hustle and bustle at that movie theater. It was really great. I hadn't seen that kind of crowd in a theater in a while. It was great to see that. And for a PG movie, think about it. Generally, most of those tickets are kids tickets and to generate this kind of number and then also if you think about too jason who's going to a 10 p.m showing for this probably not a lot of people so most of that money was earned within the earlier time uh you know the showing times and then also for a lot of the the patrons with lower cost tickets so it makes it even more astonishing there's no thumb on the scale for this one it's actually the opposite of that and yet like you said uh, the, the updated numbers for the weekend were 375 
uh, million. <laughs> Three seven five five seven eight million <laughs> was the exact number for the worldwide. Uh, just an amazing start for this film. Well, Records broken left and right. And yeah, and you talk about the late night stuff. I would think that that crowd that gets to the to the ten and eleven o'clock shows are the gamers more than anything else. They're the ones Absolutely. who are going back. Either uh, they're the parents that are going back for a second time without the kids, or it's the gamers yes. that are going back one or two or three times to find all the Easter eggs, because apparently there's something like 85 oh, yeah. of them, and there's a massive amount of Easter eggs in this thing. Yep. And, and you know we're already hearing about repeat performances, you know, re, you know people going back a second and third time to see this movie, yeah. and it's only been out for not even a week yet. Oh, it's amazing, Jason. And if you look at the domestic numbers real quick, just for Friday, 54.8 million on Friday alone. That includes, uh, well, the previews weren't a huge factor here, but that did include previews. But so you go from 54.8 on Friday to 56.9 million on Saturday alone domestically. Yeah. Usually you'll see a big drop off on Saturday, but with a kid's film, that's when you're going to get your biggest bang for your buck. Sunday was Easter Sunday. For a lot of people, and um, that was thirty-four point seven million. I think that you know traditionally that the Easter day is sort of like Christmas in the sense of people have a lot of festivities going on. Mm. But I think what happened after Easter festivities, people or whatever people were doing that day, they went out to the movie theater with the kids and the whole family, grandma, grandpa, everybody could go to this movie. And Illumination killed it on this in terms of the their creative point of view, even though the the reviews from, you know, the, the mostly adult audience, uh, you know, who reviewed these this movie didn't love the movie, but who cares? Kids don't care about reviews. And I don't have kids, but I'll tell you what, if you go to your kid and you say, do you want to see Super Mario? And they're like, yeah, let's go. You're going. If the kids say, oh, I don't want to see that. You're not going. Simple yeah. as that. Well, and they voted to go. It's funny you should mention the 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 critics because right now it's sitting at fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah it's got a hundred percent box office, but fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I, it was I tell you, it's not a movie made for critics. That's Gra for sure. Well, Grace Randolph is getting raked over the coals for her review and the follow up review, basically saying, you know, this is this is a pre Me Too movie, and I can't. I'm appalled <laughs> at how how the story goes. There's no story here. That's it. I mean, she just trashed this film and the online community a lot of the a lot of the youtubers that that i pay attention to everybody is talk is roasting her um more than usual because grace yeah. randolph has not enjoyed uh, a very very popular reputation here for a while with a lot of people because of her take on on warner brothers and and disney stuff it, it, right. it feels like she's kind of compromised one way or the other some people think but well, with, and with, I think that when you look at uh, commentary like that, look, it's a kid's movie. It's PG. Just yeah. go see it and enjoy it. The parents can check out for a couple of hours and just sit there and maybe have that nostalgia factor to ascribe to these movies all these other issues, I think is very misguided. Look, this isn't trying to be some Oscar contender, something with some huge message. It's a damn PG animated film based on a video game. Let's just go and have well, fun. You check your brain at the door. That's it. And have I, fun. I, I think you've put your finger on the, the key aspect of this because the word is that Nintendo, the people who are in charge of the game, said to Sony and Illumination, 
you're going to make a video, you're going to make a movie based on the video game because apparently your first draft of this script had Peaches as the girl boss who could do everything. You know, she's kind of the the Ray the Ray Skywalker type character, right? Where she could do no wrong. Right. And Nintendo said, "No, Mario's the hero. He's the he's the protagonist. He's the lead character here." What's Go, the title of the movie, Jason? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, and by the way, Universal and Illumination did a great job. Yeah. I mean, along with Nintendo. The fact that they were able to bring the and look, Universal has been on a roll with Donna Langley and the team over there with in terms of having Puss in Boots out there. And that movie got overshadowed by Avatar because it opened a, just a week after Avatar. Right. But guess what? Still hanging in there big. But that's because the studios got a little scared over the pandemic, the families. And it was, I'm sure, in many cases, true at, at certain points that they didn't want to go to a theater if they had to take the kids, put masks on them, on them and go through all that. Now it's definitely lightened up to the point where look at this gross, yeah. almost $400 million already worldwide. And it just shows too that the international language of Super Mario is just that, because this isn't just a uh, you know North American phenomenon. It is something that I think all audiences are clearly enjoying. Well, no and question. and it and it demonstrates yet again, uh, one that the critics are out of touch with anything that the audience would would understand and entertain and and, and enjoy. But you look at this, you, you look at this other stuff. The the comparison to other animated things. I've got Sonic and Sonic Two in this yeah. in this bar graph. Lightyear, Strange World, and here over here is the Super Mario Brothers, and it's on track to do better than Frozen 2. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you talk about not having a message. You know, it's just a fun, entertaining film. And that's, that seems to be what a lot of these critics are having a problem with, is the fact that it's not a message, a representation film. Well, then go it's see just, a different movie. This fun. isn't... By the way, it's within the... Con Look, I agree in, in some cases with criticisms of movies if they're valid. Yeah. But again, like I said, we are not talking about some deep, you know, red, introspective treatise on the world situation or philosophy. <laughs> or It's freaking Mario Brothers, man. Just go yeah. and enjoy it. That's it. And it's PG, which means also it's very, like, it's just, and this is a good thing in this case, it's supposed to be middle of the road. It's supposed to be like for everybody and the G rating, I think for many people still has a, not a stigma, but it's just like, that means it's a little too young or playing too young or doesn't have any edge to it. And I, now the PG rating has just kind of been the go-to yeah. for these family films. And it really works. I should point out that Star Trek, the motion picture, when it was first released in 1979, was rated G. <laughs> just to remind people who weren't there back in the day and you know it's so. funny when you just remind me of something you know the i think it was the first movie to be rated pg-13 was red dawn i believe and then uh indiana jones and the temple of doom was I, then given i think that i think rating. temple of, i think temple of doom is what prompted the 13 rating and then Re red dawn got it first yeah uh, and then the, yeah I, I don't know if they retroactively did it to, to indiana you know, jones but yeah we should do a whole segment on movies that kind of slipped through the cracks and got a PG because there was no PG thirteen. Like I go look at Sixteen Candles. There's there's nudity in that movie. There's language. 
because it wasn't exactly R. Yeah. And they weren't going to give it a G. So they gave it a PG. And that's kind of funny. You look at some of these movies from the past. And it's kind of fun to go, wait. So if you put this on for the kids and it's PG, wait a second, they're going to get a little surprise there. Yeah. Well, and, and the, you know, the development of the NC 17 rating, because they, yeah, they, they didn't want the stigma of the X, but they're doing much more hardcore stuff than what an R rating would get. You know, it, it is interesting to see the evolution of the rating system over the years. That and we digress a little bit, but I think it's interesting because this is definitely a PG movie. Yeah. And that means something to people, you know, people complain about the rating system and I get all those criticisms, but at the end of the day, if you're a parent, you see PG, you pretty much, you know, know that it's going to, going to be of a certain, uh, uh, age range that's a, it, it's appropriate for that mindset. So I think that works. I do remember when AI opened, that might've been PG 13, but it was marketed as like a kid's movie AI. I mean, I was traumatized, brilliant movie, but even I was traumatized yeah. by some of the stuff at the bottom not of the ocean. I won't get into kids. it. There's really no spoilers at this yeah. point, but it's also how you market a film. I, I think they did a great job on that. And let's not forget the release date kind of, you know, you had, you had John wick, and then you, you, certainly having that movie and then D&D and then now Super Mario and Air opened as a great bit of counter-programming, the, the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck movie, which did really well, 14 over, you know, 14 and a half, around 14 and a half million. So there was really something for everybody out there. But Mario, just an absolute. And I love, Jason, talking about these movies where I don't have to qualify the numbers. I don't have to you know, backtrack. I don't have to dog ate my homework, the thing. It just really was a great performance. And by the way, several months ago, it wasn't on my radar is like going to be one of the biggest films of the year. That was my bad. But a, a, a theater owner talked to me at one of the conventions earlier this year. And he said, this is a billion dollar movie worldwide. And I'm like, really? Okay. And then look, what look what's going to happen. Also, the other thing I had a journalist last week say, well, it's going to make 200 million. And I go, yeah, worldwide. No, 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 domestic over five days. I go, come on, no way. And <laughs> sure enough, it did for the five days, 204.6 million domestic, North America, U.S. and Canada. I would so, not be surprised if this thing does a billion seven. I, I wouldn't either. It's got a wide open playing field. Look, you've got Renfield coming up. You've got Evil Dead Rise. I don't think those are particularly, uh, you know, Mafia Mama. These are... Not, I mean, by the way, a great month for a movie going if you're into like different types of films and not just Super Mario, but this film has a wide open marketplace yeah. until Guardians kicks off on May 5th, which will officially start the summer movie season. But Jason, think of all the people in movie theaters being exposed to in-theater marketing and trailers for upcoming films. This is what you need to create that momentum in the movie theaters, yeah. Super Mario Definitely doing that. Well, and you talk about the marketing. I mean, Nintendo is really on top of this. We've talked about in in it's several several discussions how Marvel has continuously dropped the ball on all of this stuff in terms of you're going to see a comic book movie, you should have comic books out in the movie theater kiosk. Well, yeah. Mario, here we've got Nintendo putting books out at the same time. We have, wow. uh, let's see, what is this one? Um they're already it's already available for pre-order for for home video <laughs> you've yep. got um you know articles about the easter eggs you've got uh let's see a game on switch 
They're they're yeah. doing sales on the Mario games on on Switch, and then we have this thing here, a giant Donkey Kong cabinet <laughs> being built. Uh, Nintendo is helping out. Is at the Strong National Museum of Play in New York. I mean, this, all Love of this it. going off at the same time. This is all media buzz in connection to the movie. It's like, and oh, it's amazing yeah, movie. because you have several cooks in the kitchen and that can be a bad thing. But in this case, because you have illumination and obviously they have their point of view and how they want to be involved in the marketing and the creative process. Then you have Nintendo, obviously. And then you have the marketing and distribution executives at Universal. And the, it all worked. Uh, and then there's other countless other folks involved in, in presenting this uh, exhibitors as well marketers, uh, advertising, you've got theater managers who create their own really cool individual marketing situations within their lobby or whatever promotions in their local community for the movie. So for this to fire on all cylinders, it, it really came together perfectly. Yeah. Well, it is funny. Here's this here's this article from IndieWire talking about, you know, like what you're talking about, family friendly, you know, the PG stuff and, and this. This is Eric Cohn. And he says here in the middle of this, um, this, the Super Mario Brothers movie on the head panders to expectations with such abject laziness that it left me disowning my own nostalgia for the early games and wondering if all of us young button mashers laid the groundwork for the death of cinema by feeding the demand for this empty product over the years. I mean, I don't think this guy got it. I, Did I, this gentleman see Spinal Tap? You know the two-word <laughs> review. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I just I don't I don't understand how people. I, I, maybe maybe we have gotten to a point where the the journalists are are, are expecting more substance of everything that is out there. You know, we can't have fun with anything. We can't enjoy well, anything. It's always, I think too, have some kind of that's why we need more kids reviewing these movies. I'm serious. Like, and there are a couple out there that do that. I have a friend who has a son who was doing that 10 years ago when he was really young. And I think you have to look at it through that lens because if, if you're over even 20 years old, you're going to have a different point of view. And certainly if you're over 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, but I'm over, well, I'm not going to say, but I'm pretty <laughs> damn old. And I get that this is fun and it's not trying to be a message movie. It's not trying. And by the way, the best message movies are the ones that don't try to give you a message. They just kind of, you know, like Top Gun Maverick wasn't trying to do, but it, it presented situations that were very progressive in many ways, but it was done in such a way that it just, you know, the, the art flowed over you, if you want to call that art, and, and which I think it is. But uh, but that's that to me is the best way to bring the message home without hitting you with a, a you know, a hammer. Yeah. But, you know, a little soft mallet, maybe <laughs> getting the, the point across. A pool noodle. There you go. Yeah. A fanoodle. Yes. In the fanoodle fun pack, that's what you as do. they call it. Well, and, and you know, you've got, uh, like you said, the wide open field for people to enjoy this and keep coming back to it. And and this interview with David Lowry basically talks about how important it is for the family-friendly stuff because the, the superhero movies are on the ropes. I don't know that we're quite at the point where the bubble has burst yet, but, right. you know, we're, Marvel Marvel is starting to sag a little bit. DC is rebooting again, so we don't know what that one's going to look like yet. And I think that, you know, given 
given what we're hearing about some of this stuff, I mean, we've heard that Iger had a meeting with Kevin Feige and said, all of your budgets are $150 million or less from now on. And, you know, putting limitations on these things. I think the studios are finally under getting getting to a point where they understand you can't just keep throwing money, 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 money at these it's projects. It's all about the EBITDA. <laughs> yeah, you got it. For the gotta ROI, have- <laughs> and uh, you you have to have that. And and I think, uh, but what's happening here? I think they're going to have to really ramp up the PG family film animated production. Although doing this is not easy, Jason. People look at this and go. Oh, now all the studios are going to do this. And no, it's not that easy. It's it's really like lightning in a bottle. But it does open the door that, yes, families will come back. Yeah, and they are. PG-rated uh, films do very well. And for the video game genre, the animated films like Sonic, like uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, and even Angry Birds have done really well, whereas their live-action brethren have not fared as well. But this could open the door for that. But also, again... There was this idea that that families only wanted to stay home. And and let's face it, Jason, it's a bigger lift to get, let's say, four or five people in the car, go to the movie theater, buy your popcorn and all that stuff, and then go into the theater than just sitting on the couch. So it really does show that people are very excited to go back to theaters, even though it is a much heavier lift, but it's a totally different experience. And the impact that the trailers have on people, and I've experienced this myself, when you see them in a theater versus on a small screen, it makes a very different impact. But the small screen, like the YouTube videos, you know, the trailers and and all the great news about the movies also gets people excited to go watch the big screen. Yeah. And that's really good for the industry. Well, and and the other part of that too is this this movie was done with a hundred million dollar budget. Even right. even with all of the names that are attached in the cast, yep. it's a hundred million dollars. It's an animated CG, whatever. But you've got D and D that's sitting out there. It's a hundred and fifty million dollar movie mm-hmm. that proves that it can be done. And whether it's done well or not is a subjective thing. And I I think they did better than you probably could expect. But now that you've got these movies out that prove you can do more with less in terms of budgets. I think you're right. I think the studios are going to look at this and say, well, what can we do for $100 million? What can we it's do for It's a great blueprint. And by the way, going back to your earlier point, I'd, I mean, do you want good reviews? Do you want love or money? Do you, I mean, it's like if it could have been a situation where this got uh, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes and bombed at the box office. I mean, yeah. it's the rare, you know, but there are movies that have both, right? They get that love from critics, love from audiences. It doesn't always, like you said, match up. But uh, I think they got a great result. And gee, Jason, do you think there's a se- there would be a sequel in the works for this? I... <laughs> They're actually, no you know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because uh, they've already asked Jack Black about it, and he wants Pedro Pascal to play Wario. <laughs> yeah, but there's been no announcement. There's no, as far no. as I know, there's no, been no official. But I mean, this every studio, and I've talked to studio execs over the years. They're all looking for the next franchise. That is yeah. the holy grail, like to get something that can start and then be a legacy or be a, a box office bonanza or a box office annuity for the next 10, 20 years, plus all the IP, plus all the ancillary sales of, and all that kind of stuff. So this is just the pitch yeah. perfect way to deliver a film. And remember, despite the fact that the 93 version made a total of 15 million its entire run, at least they tried, you know, but and that was a long time ago. But this is clearly a juggernaut. Great result. It's great for movie theaters. And uh, I'm really excited about it. It was a fun weekend to, 
to track the box. I didn't really sleep at all. So, uh, (laughs) well, I I had to level up. (laughs) It, uh, it, it also opens the door to the Nintendo shared universe because you have a lot of, a lot of other games that can tie into this. I mean, everybody's talking about Zelda, but you know, not just that one. I mean, there's, there's probably a good half a dozen games that you could pull from and cross over with. And you know what, Jason, you, you just sparked an idea and this, this has been done before, but maybe not in this way is, you know, there's a lot of gaming that happens in movie theaters, events like that. Imagine doing now pegged to this a Super Mario event, event yeah. cinema, or an interactive gaming experience, riffing off all the vintage Nintendo. Maybe somebody's already doing it, but I think that would be really that. And theaters need content midweek and all that. I mean, they're going great right now, but yeah. still midweek to have some sort of gaming opportunity. And it's been done, but now Nintendo, it just ta- like you said, the Nintendo, what'd you call it? Extended. Uh, Univer- or whatever I think they're calling it <laughs> Nintendo Cinematic Universe. But I think yeah. you're right. I think if you if you if you bring in esports to this, gangbusters. Yep. You you would do all sorts of things. You talk about and remember you know, people, we get a dollar for every time that happens <laughs> right? now, Jason and right. I. <laughs> send send your checks to um, <laughs> the Twilight Zone. Right. So uh, okay, so let me ask you real quick about uh, about D&D because I this is yeah. this is a movie I still think people need to go see. But I let, saw it. What did you think of you it? You told me to see it, Jason, and I did, and I loved it. It was so much fun. Good. It was so good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So let me let me ask you this: with with you know with Mario basically crushing another weekend, probably they're going to do another. They'll be right. number one again. Yep. And you've got John Wick still out there, but nobody's talking about John Wick. Everybody's talking about Mario. <laughs> right. What are the odds? Because right now D and D is tracking below expectations. Yeah, is it possible that once we get past John Wick and Mario, you talk about Guardians of the Galaxy being the next thing, and it's not for a while? Could D and D still have it, legs in the long it run? Could there is precedent for that? I mean, if you look at a movie like The Greatest Showman or even Puss in Boots. They were both overshadowed by bigger films when they opened, yet a month later we're still kicking ass in theaters, or at least maintaining and in, in, in the top five or ten. There is precedence for this. I think the third, obviously, D&D's second weekend clearly would, would have taken a hit or did take a hit from Super Mario. It's third weekend. Still, Super Mario is going to be huge in its second weekend. This will be the third weekend for D&D. But I have to hope that quality wins out. And as the fervor for Mario doesn't really dissipate, but it lessens certainly than the opening week, that as people discover D&D or hear about it, those who saw Super Mario twice may go, what's another cool family-ish experience in the theater? And they'll check out D&D. And I don't want to hear anyone, I've said this ad nauseum, but I don't want to hear anyone say, well, I don't know D&D. It doesn't matter. You could still, I don't know D&D. I went with a friend who's a big D&D aficionado but she couldn't give us a commentary through the whole movie but i totally loved it man i, th- I thought it was great well i, it was I think a great movie i think it works on two different levels and we've talked we talked about this on h2o when we did our review it works for the gamers for the D players because mm-hmm. there are elements and there's easter eggs and all this stuff in the in the world building that D players will recognize but it also works as a fantasy film for people who are not familiar with the game you know, right. the, me- the mechanics of the fantasy world, you know, dragons and wizards and magic and well, all these things. Kinda like, so, you know, it felt kind of like a Harry Potter meets, uh, you know, I don't know, another kind of movie like or Lord of the Rings kind of situation. Yeah. 
but it's it's a pretty tight movie. I mean, it's not three hours long. It's I think it's just over two hours. But can we just give it up for Hugh Grant? I mean, <laughs> right. he steals the not to spoil anything, but he steals every scene he's in. Chris Pine's super just charming and great. And obviously Michelle Rodriguez just brings again, she she's kicking ass all over that movie, but it just feels completely natural and cool. And she's so great in this role and i i'm probably forgetting some of the other actors i can't go through all of them but just a great movie and it felt really expensive to me as a moviegoer the everything's up there on the screen like what was the budget for this because it really it's all up there and uh if it was under a certain amount they they killed it with the budget they had i'm sure you know the budget but i'm Uh, i'm not sure exactly 150 million i believe well, they it, they they didn't waste a penny on D and D. No, they didn't. Really good movie. And I, I going back to your original question, I'm hoping that people like us spreading the word and just word of mouth and and also again, there'll be an opportunity before Guardians for people who have seen everything they want to see to say, well, what's what's another movie I can check out other than Renfield, which is a different audience, or Evil Dead Rise, which by the way. I want to see that movie just based on the trailer. I, I hope that movie is as good as the trailer. Uh, often with horror movies, they're not. But I've had people. I see people like this in the in the theater covering their eyes during that trailer. It's <laughs> it's a very effective trailer yeah. for sure. All right. Well, Paul, you uh, you gave me a half hour, and I think yeah. you've got other places that you've got to get I, to. So I got to uh, go see Mario again, man. <laughs> right. uh, and you can find Paul on Twitter, and he's got uh, two different podcasts that he is a part of: Mini Screens, yep. Big Picture, and Ticket to Ride. Ticket and we've got ride. links to all of those in our show notes. And uh, what's what's next for you? You're you're just doing more number crunching. More. And, I've got a. A video interview. I'm just going to tease it a little bit with the head of one of India's biggest film distributors, a video interview that'll be coming out later this week. And then, of course, more of the uh, box office podcast and more guests to come on my many screens, big picture podcast. Plus, CinemaCon is coming up. I'll be on a panel there. Show Canada is also upcoming. I'll be on a panel there. So it's all about the movies for me and and TV and other digital presentations of all kinds of content so are you guys are you guys measuring are you measuring any of the video platforms yet the youtubes and and odysseys or anything have there been any talk about comscore getting into that part we'll have to talk about that i mean the the whole video world and particularly and as differentiated from youtube let's say the netflixes of the worlds the amazons you just getting a movie ticket that's one ticket one price one person, it's it's a much more transparent, easy, I don't mean easy, but a much more transparent type of metric. Right. Whereas with some of these platforms, you don't know if somebody watched the movie for a minute and left or fast forwarded to the end, if they're paying via subscription or if they're pay as they go on a VOD or a PVOD, it gets very much more complicated. But the answer is yes, Comscore is working on all that because we're in a very connected world with all of this stuff. So it's very interesting. And a lot of fun, too. All right. We're looking forward to having that conversation. Paul Daguerre-Median from Comscore. And uh, we'll definitely be having further conversations, I'm sure. Thanks very much. Uh, Lots to come, Jason. I'm always here for you. Love the show. Love talking to you, man. All right. When we get back, we're going to do a little analysis of the new trailer for the Marvels that hit this morning. So don't go anywhere. Stand by, everybody. We have 52 reasons to listen to this podcast, but they may change in six months. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 
I find it difficult to get excited about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's my natural cynicism or my 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 pessimism tempered with a dash of pessimism. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm jaded at this point. Perhaps. I, the H2O Podcast, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back on Sci-Fi for Me TV, live from the bunker, the super secret underground bunker beneath World Headquarters here in Kansas City. I am firmly ensconced in the gold-pressed, latinum-plated Grand Nagus throne here in Master Control. And... We got a new trailer this morning for the Marvels. And I got to say, it's not as bad as I expected. <coughs> Shall we say that? Uh, I guess I can say that. <coughs> uh, we're probably going to get dinged for this, maybe. But what I want to do is I want to go through here and, and make... Should I just play the whole thing, or should we should we stop every now and again? Because this is um, are the pixels still wet on the trailer? <laughs> okay, let's let's do this because this is uh, this is uh, it's it's not as bad as everybody is making it out to be. And, could could be just me. Could be just me. But let's let's do this. Here 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 we go. Uh, I'm I'm gonna stay up and I'll do a, a wait not that not that button this button. Here we go. Captain Rambo, what the hell are you doing? All right. the jump point perimeter. I'm gonna get you some readings, Fury. Hello. All right. We don't know what this thing is. Where's Captain Rambo? Okay. What the? Now that was the piece. That was at the end of Ms. Marvel. It was a it was a little it was a little bullet piece at the end uh, when she showed up in Kamala Khan's uh, apartment. And I will recommend you should probably watch Ms. Marvel. It's not bad. It's kind of fun. All right, here we go. Hi. We're looking for Kamala Khan. <laughs> So our powers are entangled. 
I can manipulate light energy. And you, I can totally show you. No! Where's our daughter? Wherever you were. Flurkin! Okay, I mean, there it is. There's the trailer for the Marvels. And a couple of things that I noticed. One, okay, if if you have not watched Ms. Marvel, I am going to recommend it because, it, um, um, uh, what's her name who plays, who plays Kamala Khan? Uh, does a really good job, and she is she is this enthusiastic fangirl type, and I think that's the entry point for this film, and I think that's who they're going for. Uh, that's who they're they're going for audience wise. They're targeting a younger a younger audience. Um, and, and yes, now I know. Great trailer for the first Suicide Squad movie, and it wasn't very good. But I think what they're doing here, one, they're making it more about Kamala Khan than they are about Carol Danvers, which is is interesting of note. But also, they're actually making Carol Danvers look like a girl. I mean, Brie Larson looks like a girl. Iman Bellani, thank you. Yeah, but um, do you notice? I mean... The butch haircut is gone. Uh, let's see where it is. I mean, the haircut's gone, and the outfit is the outfit's a little bit more uh, form fitting. And we get back here. Uh, the um, she's got a smile on her face right here, and. There's going to be a little comedy, probably. Now, remember, Brie Larson was in Scott Pilgrim. And, <coughs> excuse me, word is, at some point in this film, they're visiting a planet where everybody communicates by song. So we might actually hear Brie Larson sing, and she's a good singer. They may be playing to the strengths. I don't know. They might. But, he, I mean... Brie Larson looks like a girl here. And I can't remember who's directing this one, but it really kind of feels like they're leaning into Kamala Khan as the as the focal point here. She's the she's the emotional hook, the anchor. Because you know, how many times do we as the first generation of fans we start to vicariously enjoy things as we introduce them to our kids, right? When, when those of us who have kids, <clears throat> if you, 
if you have uh, if you have kids, you introduce them to Star Wars, you introduce them to Doctor Who, you introduce them to Star Trek, and they get excited about it, and and you start to appreciate that excitement. I maybe it, uh, some of that energy feels like it's here. Uh, it's it's not a bad trailer. It's not a bad looking uh, trailer. And this notion that anytime one of them uses her powers, it they flip, they they change places with each other. What does that do? <coughs> I don't know. It's I'm not I'm not massively enthusiastic about the film. I can take it or leave it, but. Seeing the trailer makes me less less cynical, and I know everybody out there's all oh, MCU, 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 and and yeah, okay, but I would much rather have a film that kind of logically connects three female characters together in this space rather than a forced team up like a force or you know all the women avengers or whatnot or anything like that don't if it makes sense story wise fine go for it we've had we've had girl movies before i mean this is charlie's angels in space maybe that kind of thing we've had female protagonists in 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 films there's nothing wrong with that. And it doesn't automatically mean... But the other thing, too, is this doesn't present anything that would make you think that they're doing any any male bashing. There's none of that in the story. What, what's, what DC, you know, Batman is a fascist? Yeah, nothing like that here. It feels like they're leaning into the comedy. They're leaning into the teenager. Which, if they're getting ready to do Young Avengers kind of maybe makes sense because let's you know we've got Kamala Khan here if we're going to go toward the the teenage audience we need to bring in a new generation of people to watch these films because we're going to do young young avengers and that's a bunch of teenagers i don't know maybe this is maybe this is strategic <coughs> maybe but the idea here of of not getting a message, I it, it, this feels like it's just we're just going to tell a story, and she's got a personality. She has a little bit of a personality in this one. Feels like. Maybe. I don't know. I. It's it's a trailer. Trailers sometimes lie. But just on the face of it, <coughs> this feels like... And, you know, we've heard all of this stuff about the reshoots and the reshoots, and the delays, and the reshoots, and it's entirely possible that somebody sat there and said, you know what, these things, these movies are supposed to be fun and entertaining. Why don't we make that happen with this one? Because 
The first one was not that much. Maybe somebody said, let's have fun. Let's give the audience something they can enjoy. I don't know. But just looking at the trailer, I'm like, okay, I could sit, I could sit and watch this movie. Hi, Six. Good to see you in the chat. Let's see who else is in here. I see Keely. I see Mazarus. I see Dave. I see Snob. Who else did I see up earlier? I saw some other people. Uh, Christopher, Union of Amateur Strategists, who had to leave. Uh, who else? Cam's in there. But everybody, everybody needs to follow us on Rumble and Odyssey. I don't know. I I feel dare I say less cynical about this than I did before. I don't know. If we get a press screening, I'll go see it. I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if I'd pay money for it yet, but you know, snob, I'm like you. I, you know, we need to we need to get reviews from people who trust, and that's and that's part of the disconnect that we were talking about. That I was talking about with Paul earlier. You know, all of the critics hate the Mario movie, but fans are are just agog over it. This they they love it to death. <clears throat> I don't think we should be listening to any of the critics, and to connect a little bit to a thread I had yesterday, there are some in our circles here on the YouTubes and the and the Odysseys and the Rumbles and the whatnot, the fandom media. Some of them I wouldn't trust either because you have this knee-jerk reaction to automatically assume that this is going to be bad just because. And I don't think that's productive for anybody. If something's good, we should say it's good. If something's bad, we say it's bad. We need to be objective about it. We need to we need to be honest. Not lean into the grift, not lean into the bait, not lean into whatever it is that we need to do to keep our channel doing, you know, keep our subscribers going or whatever like that. I mean, it just you don't you don't need to do that kind of thing. It just, you know, I just, I just saying, I just saying. So anyway, uh, speaking of which, Disney is at a hundred dollars and eighty nine cents a share. Nintendo is at ten dollars and fifteen cents a share. So, if anybody is is uh, interested, uh, Dave says I'd only trust Senior Office Dog. Well, funny you should mention Senior Office Dog. It is International Pets Day, so we'll share some photographs here of the office dogs. There's Senior and Junior Office Dog there, doing what they do best, lazing around on the bed. Senior Office Dog got a cut, got a haircut. What? Managing. Managing. Yeah, Senior Office Dog got a haircut there. Junior Office Dog completely unconcerned that she tried to kill me. This is the natural state of, of junior office dog here. <coughs> you will notice that uh, um, 
She she frequently likes to bury herself. So uh, so there is that. But yeah, there is uh, there is the office dogs on International Pets Day. Do I look washed out? I'm I'm we I put brighter bulbs in my fixture here so I could actually see what I'm doing and I'm and I'm thinking I might look a little look a little washed out, but I'm not sure because I have with all of it's funny because with all of these screens, all of these screens have a bit different color uh cuz they're not calibrated. I tried to get them as close as I can. But I I I need to I need to try to see because I've got this I look like I've got this glow on my forehead I just gotta it, it bothers me it bothers me <clears throat> this is what thirty four years in the media will do you just, you start getting paranoid <coughs> what the picture looks like yes Mrs Boss the glow that you have is your reaction to the all the love that I have for you. You see what I have to put up with. I I'm just saying. You see what I have to put up with. <coughs> Six says hi to Mrs. Bob. <laughs> Hello. All right. I think <laughs> I think that's good. All right, so so Marvels, uh, the Marvels is out November tenth. So that's kind of weird. I, you know, I would. Did didn't they have that on Thanksgiving weekend at one point and they moved it again? I can't remember. It would make more sense to do that on a on a on a Thanksgiving weekend. Hmm. Interesting. But anyway, yeah, there it is. We'll see how it goes. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a movie. People will go watch it. It is interesting to see uh, about the the um, the uh, the re the reaction in the comments on the video. It's all kind of you know bots and stands and oh this is so exciting we're so excited about it this is going to be great it's going to be fantastic i can't wait <sighs> and it might be it might be a good movie there's the possibility it's it maybe maybe a remote possibility but there is a possibility that it might be a good movie maybe i don't know We'll see. Anyway, all right, go uh, go check out Paul's uh, two podcasts, and you can connect with him over on on Twitter. And uh, Dave said, "Who's going to stand in line for it?" You know, well, six says, "If I were eight years old, it might be a good movie." And it, and it could very well be that they're targeting the younger audience. Maybe I I don't know. It's we'll see. Uh, Mazur says, Doomcock has a poll up about whether or not Disney can be saved. Disney can be saved. Any company that has issues can be saved at a certain point. You know, at, at one point, they go back. You know, maybe, maybe they can't be. But I don't think they're past the point of no return yet. 
because even if, even if uh, Bob Iger continues with some of the agenda-driven stuff, he's on record now as acknowledging that they've got to be more sensitive to parents' concerns, they've got to be entertainment-driven as opposed to agenda-driven, and those words will be used against him by either the shareholders or the really big shareholders. Ike Perlmutter and Nelson Peltz are still out there, and they're still paying attention. I, I have no doubt that they're having conversations with each other, and I have no doubt that once we get to the second quarter earnings call, something will happen. Because Disney needs a win. And right now, the only thing they got coming out was Guardians of the Galaxy is their next their next film. The next release is Guardians, which is what, May? Yeah. May, yeah, okay. So that's before the next earnings call. So second quarter is, is April, May, June. So the earnings call will probably be in late June, early July. And what will we learn? And what will Nelson Peltz do after that call? Because that will factor in. And and don't think that the shareholders are going to be quiet on the sidelines now that the shareholders' call is done. I think we're going to see a lot more active shareholder agitation because that door has been kicked wide open. And we'll see. I don't think that Disney is beyond saving yet. But it's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take it's going to take time. And you're going to have to have some corrective measures uh, get introduced, whether that's Nelson Peltz on the board or a vote of no confidence on the entire board, and we just clean house and start over again. I, I don't know. But we'll see. Uh, Mazer says, as I stated, Doomcock's vote, Star Wars is incompatible with Disney thinking. I, I Well, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Star Wars. Um, so what's, what's going to happen with Star Wars? There are a number of possibilities, and we're going to be talking about them Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Ranker Pit. We're going to bring in a number of guests. We're going to have a big all-star panel type of thing to talk about all of the, no- all of the news uh, from Star Wars Celebration, all of the new projects that got announced that are likely not going to actually really happen. Um, I mean, a lot of people have got their knickers in a twist over this Ray movie. I don't think the Ray movie is ever going to happen, honestly. But uh, that's that's Thursday night, so join us for that. Tonight, we've got the H2O podcast. Uh, I did, that's, that's the wrong graphic. That says tomorrow night. That's not. That's tonight, because today's Tuesday, right? Yeah, tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what Mr. Harvey and I are going to talk about tonight. We've got a list. We just got to pick from the list. And I think he's actually going to be in studio tonight. So uh, so there is that. All right. That's it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Don't forget to connect with us on all the different social medias of your choice. Pick your, pick your poison. Pick your poison. Different video platforms. You can follow us. Odyssey, Rumble, YouTube, Twitch. And uh, do connect with us on the Discord server. 
continue the conversation over there. And we will be back to do this all again tomorrow. Don't forget, open line Friday on Friday. And that's it. The government hates you. The media lies to you. YouTube is going to do some stuff. God's got a plan for you, and therefore, lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 